Welcome to On The Record, the podcast for all employees of Axel Springer. Here, leading voices from our transatlantic media company discuss what moves us today and what will move us in the future. My name is Adib, I'm Global Head of Communications, and today I'm joined by the CEO of AppCast, Chris Foreman. Welcome, Chris. Thanks, Adib. How are you? I'm great. It's great uh, to have you here. Welcome to Berlin. It's always great to welcome various people who lead our diverse organization from all corners of the world. As always, we'd like to begin the interview with a round of quickfire questions. I'll provide the beginning of a sentence and I'll ask you to complete it, if that's okay with you. Sounds good. So, Chris, the first app I open every day is? Oh, okay. Well, it depends on the day, um, but the good news is is that 40% of the apps that I open first in the morning are Axel Springer apps. So Politico, uh, Insider, always on the list, Business Insider now. Uh, add to that the Journal, um, the New York Times, and the Washington Post. Uh, the thing that motivates me most is? My family. Every time I'm in Germany, dot, dot, dot. I'm typically in Dusseldorf and I'm talking about job ads. And and probably having uh, the local beer, which is... Dunkelbier, yeah, 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 yeah. Altbier, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the biggest thing I learned last year was... The biggest thing I learned last year um, is that when your kids get married, they have babies pretty quickly afterwards. Yeah, as, as part of probably that generation, I can tell you my parents would probably say the same thing. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for that. Um, you're the founder and the CEO of AppCast, which is a part of the Axel Springer universe uh, through the acquisition made by the Stepstone Group back in 2019. Could you tell us a little bit about AppCast's business model? So we understand it's part of sort of the job search universe online job search universe. Tell us more in detail what the business model is. So we solve the same problem that the Stepstone Group in general solves. Um, but unlike the marketplaces that you know Stepstone operates in Germany, you know Ireland, the UK, South Africa, around the globe, we solve the problem of helping great companies hire great people a little bit differently. To understand that you need to understand that the U.S. marketplace is a very fragmented market. While you have LinkedIn and Indeed and even ZipRecruiter as being very large you know, marketplaces for job advertising, there's 10,000 different job sites in the United States. Some are local, some are focused on a uh, profession, some are focused on an affinity group. And so what we do is we, uh, starting in 2014, we built software that allows recruitment marketers, so folks that work at really big companies whose job it is is to you know, get great applicants to apply for jobs and also grow an employer's brand, to buy and optimize job advertising across the entire ecosystem and specifically to optimize pay for performance advertising. So in our first month, I think we did $3,300 worth of, uh, of revenue. And if you fast forward to today, I think, you know, last year we managed close to a billion dollars of job ad spend. So that's what we do. That's amazing. Thank you for that. So also within AppCast, there was pretty big news last year where you acquired a company, which was an acquisition that is among uh, the 10 biggest acquisitions ever made in the history of Axel Springer. Can you tell us more about what the acquisition was and how it sort of changed or evolved your 
business model at AppCast. Yeah, um, but first, I'm going to say that I, you know my career in recruitment technology has spanned you know four businesses. I've either run or founded you know these four companies and sold them all. Never bought one before, so this was a heck of an experience for me uh, being on the other side. The business that we brought into AppCast is a hundred year old company called Bayard, uh, headquartered out of New York, but with offices all over the United States. Bayard is um, an advertising for lack of a better word, agency that focuses on recruitment marketing and is one of, if not the best in the world. So the investment thesis for Bayard was pretty simple. First, AppCast had grown a ton by building the software that helped, you know, kind of enterprise employers buy and optimize their job advertising. But as we got into the kind of the rarefied air, the biggest companies in the world, they came to us and said, okay, you help us with job ads. But can you help us with search advertising? Can you help us with social? Can you help us with traditional advertising optimization, even employer brand? And you know, our answer was, now we're a bunch of propeller heads. We write software and we're really good at buying and optimizing job ads. And they said, yeah, we know that. Um, in fact, you know, we know you're the best in the world at it, but we don't wanna have five partners. We wanna have one. Sure. So we actually started losing deals because we didn't have, you know, kind of capabilities in the four other channels that kind of represent all of recruitment marketing. Bayard does. Bayard's a storied company. It's actually 100 years old. You know, in many ways, if you looked at our customer bases, we had a good chunk of the biggest customers in America and they had almost the mirror image of them. So we're really strong in e-commerce supply chain. They're really strong in e-commerce supply chain. We're strong in healthcare. They're strong in healthcare. But our customer bases were complementary, not a lot of overlap. And then the last thing is they're just awesome at what they do. Um, in fact, as we were getting close to closing the acquisition, the senior executive team from Bayard came right here. We went up to the journalism club. Uh, they had lunch with Matthias. We looked out over you know berlin and you know when i was walking away matthias said you know chris I, I couldn't tell who there was part of the axel springer family and who wasn't it just felt good so between the extension of our product lines between the complementary customer base but and also the fact that you know the bayardians that, who are now appcastians just it felt like home and it was great so uh Overnight, we went from being a you know a 350 person company to a 550 person company, and um, nothing's been stopping us since. That's a, a very interesting story, and also just showcases something that is you know not uncommon within Axel Springer, which is Jan Bayer, who's been on this podcast as well. He said to me once, "We're not as great." as a company with bringing companies from zero to a hundred, but we're fantastic in bringing companies from a hundred to a thousand. And I think that almost illustrates what you're saying, right? Combining two companies and combining their strengths and growing that business, um, hopefully tremendously. Yeah. I mean, we felt tremendously supported. This was a, this was a big show of support for AppCast and also for StepStone. This was a major acquisition for StepStone. But to kind of build on, on what you've said, you know, I, I've talked to Jan and Julian and Matthias about this, but as a founder, I feel completely at home here at Axel Springer and in StepStone. You know, this is an organization that does an exceptionally good job 
of allowing folks like me to kind of continue to do what we know how to do, which is, you know, try and grow and scale. But at the same time, we get equipped with a blanket of support that allows us to learn things and do things that I've never done before in my career. So it's a uh, it, it's just been a great partnership. That's obviously always wonderful to hear, Chris, and something that we you know, very authentically hear from a lot of our guests. Let's turn our sights now to the actual business and sort of the job market that you find in 2024 as we look ahead, right? So AppCast is doing great within StepStone. StepStone's obviously doing uh, a very well and is sort of aimed for a, a public offering at some point down the road, hopefully. So what is your current perception of what is important to your business, which is the recruiting market uh, with a focus on, on the United States? So, you know, let's start with, with the battle space, okay? The U.S. Uh, recruitment advertising market is about $17 billion. 70% of that is small and mid-sized businesses, so folks that are running small accounting firms, pizza shops, auto dealerships, that type of stuff. AppCast specifically focuses on enterprise employers right now, so companies that have more than 2,000 employees. And we got a huge amount of running room. I mean, we could scale the business 10x and still not have complete market share there. That's one size. It's a big and deep market. Second, StepStone's business in general is a function of supply and demand. Okay, so in our marketplaces in Europe, we have job seekers on one side, we have employers on the other. When there's a mismatch between employer need and job seekers, meaning there's more demand for employees than there is supply, it's a pretty good business environment. And if you look at the United States right now, we are still in almost historic levels of a mismatch between the employees that companies need and the availability of unemployed talent. That said, it used to be, you know, back during the COVID days, a lot more of a mismatch. And so those were some pretty heady days in terms of if you were helping companies hire folks, we had a lot of work to do back then. So it's coming somewhat into balance. But generally speaking, we're in a good market for that. In addition, you know, the, the business that we operate is kind of you know, they, they always talk about Internet 1.0, 2.0. You know, 1.0 in the Internet space and the job space was like Monster and Career Builder in the United States. 2.0 was Indeed and their pay for performance and aggregation platforms. What we're doing, some have even said, is 3.0 because we plug our systems into the hiring platforms of these global employers. So we're able to track every interaction with a job seeker all the way down to whether or not that person gets hired. And that creates this feedback loop of data that says, oh, the advertising is working. We're getting them to apply. Not only are we getting them to apply, we're getting them to be reviewed and they're high quality applicants. And then, oh yeah, they're getting hired. And that's a, no one's really been able to do that before. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, AppCast is looking at a really great opportunity in North America. So if I, Take what you said there. So basically, there is a correlation between sort of, you know, GDP growth or economic growth in, in any specific market and the sort of recruitment business, right? So pretty close alignment there. If we take that and set that to the side, what else is there out there as a significant challenge to your business and the recruitment industry? 
Well, the, the AppCast business, we're kind of at the wash, rinse, repeat stage right now. You know, so like we've got a lot of blocking and tackling kind of sales and marketing to go do. The technology that underpins the AppCast business model was brand new 10 years ago. Nobody was using it. Nobody knew about it. You know, there's a handful of companies. You know, AppCast was one of them that developed it. We, in retrospect, doing pretty well and are probably considered the global leader in the tech. But one is just you know, there's an adoption period that's going through that we need to push through. In terms of obstacles or, or hurdles, I mean, that's fundamentally it. it. Things We can have good years when there's more demand for employees than there is supply, and there can be more challenging macroeconomic environments. But right now, a lot of what we're dealing with here is execution. There's also something funny that we're, <laughs> that we're finding is that... Um, if we do a really, really good job, sometimes our clients need to spend less money. <laughs> so, 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 you know, like it, it, it's somewhat counterintuitive, uh, you know, oftentimes, you know, the product is so good that in traditional business, if you have a good product, customers want to buy more. You know, if those apples are fantastic, buy more apples. True. Here, we've got some customers saying you've done such a good job that we don't need to spend as much money next year. And, uh, you know, that as a business guy, that takes a little bit of getting used to. But uh, um, they're super happy clients. We effectively don't lose customers. And so um, it's, uh, it's a good thing, ironically. So let's talk about one other topic that uh, is more of a disruptive force that is out there. And Axel Springer has been historically very good at dealing with disruption. I mean, if you think about the transition or transformation of what used to be the newspaper business of the 20th century into a 21st century digital business, which includes obviously classifieds. Uh, and that again is sort of what we are talking about here with AppCast. Now, the next force of disruption, it seems for all kinds of business models within Axel Springer is going to be artificial intelligence, right? I don't think there's anybody in any technology business that doesn't realize that right now, you know, we're looking at another paradigm shift. I don't know if any of these pictures are going to make it online, but, um, you know, I got gray hair. I, I lived through the, a, a couple of these. And where we're at right now is people endeavoring to understand how to utilize AI effectively. So that period typically takes longer than people expect. But those that invest early and often scale that curve faster. The other thing is, is that just generally, if you want to take a look at like the growth of the internet, I mean, the adoption curve of even, you know, commercially available AI tools like ChatGPT or BARD is just scaling faster than any technology adoption in the history of man. So let's go back to the, you know, the original question. One, are there going to be some jobs which are the equivalent of buggy whip manufacturers um, after the broad adoption of AI? Yes. Are there going to be new jobs created? Yes. Do we know precisely what those things are going to be? No. Do we understand whether or not there, we're going to be in some dystopian world where all of a sudden no one has a job? No, of course not. That's never happened in, the his, again, the history of man through all the technological revolutions that we have. But it is going to change. And I think that there's probably some smart people here in the Axel Springer building that have more thoughtful thoughts about that. But at a baseline in the job space, we know that the job corpus is going to be different. Two, AI is going to fundamentally shift 
how job marketplaces work. We already at StepStone have invested a tremendous amount in AI and have tools in the marketplace now and some that are going to be coming very shortly that help job seekers to identify jobs clearly that are perhaps a better fit for them or just even discover jobs that they may be qualified for that they didn't know they had skills for. Because typically in job marketplaces, it's keyword-based searching. So, you know, it's hard for people to understand what their skill set is. They may know, well, I had a nursing job and maybe I'm a nurse. Well, through the use of AI, the skills that a nurse has, which is critical thinking, the ability to have to relate to people in stress may be something that is good for a job over in finance. Who knows? And they're going to help that discovery. It's also going to help the job seekers present the best version of themselves. So oftentimes hiring managers, we all have our own biases and senses of what is right, the type of profile that we want to have. Through the use of AI, job seekers could theoretically craft applications, resumes, cover letters, and arguments that they're qualified for the job in a bespoke fashion for every single job they apply for, something that is practically impossible today. On the flip side, you have uh, you know, the workflow systems and the jobs themselves that employers put into the marketplace you can already start to see conversational apply platforms where instead of going to a really kind of old-fashioned piece of, of software where you have to fill out 25 minutes of a form, you can be chatting with someone and it happens to be an AI that will ask the information that the hiring manager needs to complete the hire. And it could be a much better process for both the hiring manager as well as the job seeker. The other impact of that just on a basic level is there is a huge correlation between what companies say about a job and whether or not they get enough applications and also whether or not they get the right applications. So Duke and, um, and the University of Waterloo did some, uh, some research back in the 1980s that looked at a cohort of words that they, that they tagged as predominantly masculine connotations, some that are female connotations, some that are neutral. If, in fact, you change the language that is used in job advertisement to neutral rather than predominantly masculine or feminine, it increases the application rate by 30%. It's crazy. It's just by making sure it's written right. And so, you know, there's all sorts of cool stuff. But the last thing is, is that if you take a look at the human capital marketplace globally and every jobs marketplace is looking at this, you know, the staffing industry is massive. It's an order of magnitude larger than, let's say, the classifieds industry. And the idea, what is AI going to do to that broader marketplace? You know, like right now, we have two different segments. There's the industries that that take and advertise jobs um, and get people to apply. And then there's a, an industry that, in essence, recruits on a performance basis for employers. Right now, they're separate. I don't know, but my general sense is, is that over the next decade, you're going to see those things come together. And that could be a pretty big shift in our industry. That's definitely so true. And what we see... I totally hear you in sort of saying sometimes these developments that we see in sort of adjusting to a paradigm shift, they take longer than you might expect at the outset. On the other side, I would say sometimes some evolutionary tendencies 
tend to surprise and sort of how quick they actually become mainstream as well. So we look forward, Chris, to having you back very soon because we're already out of time, I'm afraid to say. So thank you so much for being here and sort of in allowing us to shed some light on a area and a business that is oftentimes wrongly so overlooked when you look at the Axel Springer universe. So thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much. And just remember, job ads are fun. <laughs> yes, indeed. It sounds like it. Thank you all for listening. Of course, you can also find us on social media, on LinkedIn and on Instagram. You can find these links in the show notes. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love a like or a positive review. And if you have any suggestions or questions, please write to us at otr at axelspringer.com. We'll hear you next time on On The Record. <laughs>